0: Uh, welcome everybody to the twentieth episode of cg cast it 's actually a milestone but anyways, w- today we have peter Drake, Hello. we're going to be interviewing him, and we still have Chris left over and Simon so should be a fun episode so Peter, can you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, yeah i 'm a visual effects director
1: for a company called lightworks we 're based in uh, Bristol in the southwest u k do uh Visual effects for TV, film, uh, documentary stuff, that kind of thing. So, uh, blowing stuff up for a living on computers It's great. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm also um, the, uh, what's the word? Uh, Resident, as as they call me, um, 3DS Max... Guru, I've been called several times for some bizarre reason uh, for 3D World magazine, uh, which basically involves writing Q&As and tutorials and that kind of thing, and reviews and stuff. Uh, I'm also the author of uh, Deconstructing the Elements for 3ds Max, which is a Max tutorial book to teach you how to break apart uh, natural real-world effects and try and recreate them in 3ds
0: using without using uh, no plugins. Oh, awesome. I I tried to learn 3D Max with with using uh, the minimum of plugins and yeah, your tutorials have been very very helpful with that.
1: Process. Oh, cheers.
0: Cool. Glad yeah. glad they helped. Yeah, that's why I asked you for the interview because I uh, I love your tutorials. Oh, cheers. So well, um. An-
1: anything anything that's on the site and anything is is uh, normally originates from Computer Arts or 3D World magazine. So if anyone's been on the site and downloaded the tutorials, buy the magazines. There's the plug for you. (laughs) (laughs) Just in
0: case anyone 3D Worlds is listening, there's the plug. But how do you (laughs) You find them? Pay pay me in beer now. (laughs) How do you you find them if you're... How do you find that magazine if you're not living in an English-speaking country?
1: Um, I think you can either get it... I think you can get it via subscription, which you can get via the standard future publishing site, which I think is futurenet.co.uk, or go to the 3D World site, which is 3DWorldMag.com. Um, and I think you can order it online failing that you go to like any magazine stand and just them to order it it's, yeah. it normally takes like I mean if you're in America it takes like uh, I think it's next month or something like that or so if you're further afield then it might take a little bit longer so like the latest issue is going to be like about you know you won't get it for about a
0: month or two that kind uh, of thing so how uh, much is it sorry how much does it cost
1: how much is it um, I've got one in it somewhere I? 6.99 in England I think what six quid. Six know. six quid. It's a bit oh, it's not. So yeah, like like one, six quid. I think I think it started out something like four fifty fifty or something like that, about I think it's about two thousand and one or something like that. It came out first. Um it's obviously gone up a little bit due to a uh, rate of you know, inflation or something, or publishers putting the price up or something, I don't know. But I only write for him, I don't know I don't know the full accounts. <laughs> I don't know the full details behind it. <laughs> So no, there are a cool bunch of guys. A cool bunch of guys who have been, you know, got the finger on the pulse,
0: you know, I'd every month and you. So it's, it's really really good guys to work with. Cool. I'll check out the magazine if I can find it here in Switzerland. Yeah, you should be you should be able to get it. Should be able to get it. I mean, I, I know for a the fact they can get it in like Denmark and Norway, so I don't they'll be able to get it in Switzerland. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'll check. I'll ask my newsstand. Um, cool. So, how did you get into CG? Um,
1: bit of a long, longish story. I'll try and keep it as brief as possible. Um, it started out with, I think it was one of the many birthday parties that I've had in my in my years on this world. Um coming back from about the mid '80s. There was a film out called the Lost, uh, the Last Starfighter, which kind of. Um, not necessarily inspired me, but made me think about how these type of effects were actually done. Because obviously, you could tell they weren't done by models and everything. But that that kind of took a you know back seat when I was finishing school and what have you. But there was a, there was a, a TV program on um, a UK terrestrial channel called BBC Two. There was a program called uh, Liquid Television, and on that, the first short that they showed is about animation. Uh, the first short that they showed was a little short by these guys at MRT. MIT called uh, Green Evil Death," believe it or not? Yeah, um, it was. It was really. It was around right about that time. The only type of animation, CG animation, that you saw publicly were like these animation shorts that people did for, you know, special interest groups and you know, animation tests, that kind of thing. Um, so you see like little cameras dancing around, that kind of thing. And but this one was natural. It was actual designed short. It was actually a, it was a, it was a proper short. Um, that involves this amalgamation of 2D and 3D. It was like one of the first ones out there. And um what it was this this large alien boat crash lands onto this uh into this city and starts playing havoc and what have you. And this little kid who's this little two D cell drawn kid uh finds this um ring inside a box of um box of cereal and transforms into this superhero and starts battling this book. And it was really, really good. Um and that just kind of made me think, you know wow, how the hell did how, how did they do that? um at university, I did absolutely nothing to do what I do now, uh but I actually staggered upon a uh a cad lab when I was um slightly inebriated one night. Um, went, into, <laughs> went into the CAD lab the following day and uh, asked them if I could actually use the equipment. And they said, uh, no. But <laughs> there's, there's, a small, there's a small machine in the corner that's got a copy of 3D Studio DOS, a version, I think it was 2 or 3 or something. Uh, and I just used that. I, I basically just scraped through the rest of my degree. Just so I could actually stay on and, and use, this, use this equipment and use this software, uh, got myself a reel together by the end of the university course. Again, nothing to do what I did at uni, uh, and then got a job. You know, pretty much when I left, I mean, this was like back in like the mid-nineties. So, um, you would with, with the stuff that I came out with then, you would not be able to get a job now. Back then, you could animate a box, you'd get a job. You know, <laughs> nothing. The, the, the bar is just so high these days really really is so i i I envy the people who are at university now the amount of facilities and the amount of knowledge that's thrown at them but i don't you know i don't envy them in the way that the, the the amount of jobs out there are few and far between so they do have to stand out
0: yeah it's true because if you just look on CG Talk now the work that they're showing is amazing
1: oh yeah definitely definitely some, I mean, you, you see some uh, artists out there. You think they've been, like, so you, you know, they've been working on this stuff for like years and years and years, and some of these guys have just been doing it for a few months, and it's like, bloody hell,
0: how uh, the? <laughs> I'm going to be out of a job soon, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you doing right now in in CG? You're working at a studio, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, like I'm a, I'm the visual effects director for a, for an animation uh, and a production company in Bristol. Um, We've just finished a, uh, a pilot episode of a show called Starhike, which is a sci-fi comedy. So basically, if you imagine uh, an amalgamation of like a load of sci-fi genres, you know, uh, Trek, B5, uh, Farscape, Red Dwarf, you know, all, all, all the different types of uh, um, styles and uh, comedy aspects are kind of all thrown together into this big mix pot and i won't go into the full details of the thing but the actual uh, the actual uh, website which is starhike.com um kind of explains everything about the uh the backstory behind it all and breakdown down the episodes and who's in it and so on and so on but it's it's it was a fun shoot to work on it's, it was it was a challenging um, pilot to work on basically because of the sheer amount of uh effects in the first pilot episode that we came that, that we did we uh, myself and another guy, Chris, and one of the other guys, Chris Arnold. Uh, we basically worked our backsides off to get, uh, I forget how many shots there were, but there was something like about 40 or 50 or something like that shots in the space of about um, two months, something like that and that was the full gamut of everything so it just, it just covered every single aspect anything that we didn't cover I think, was um, character animation. So everything else, comp work, tracking, green screen work, the entire lot, was just you know all sorted out within two months. And it was a lot of late nights, uh, a lot of stress, a lot of hard work, which is, you, which, which is what you get in this industry. You really, really have to love being in this industry to actually be able to survive it, because you do tend to burn out a lot.
0: So now they're expecting better work and less time? as a whole yeah not not
1: with us but like as a whole in the industry yeah I mean um, the uh, it's I forget who mentioned it I think it was um, this guy Tom Cito uh, mentioned recently that uh, the oh, I forget what it was now it's uh, the 8 hour day was only recently well not recently as far as you know recent years anything, but uh, the 8 hour day um, came to pass about you know a, 50 60 70 whatever it was years ago uh but that's completely unheard of in 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 the visual effects industry you don't have an eight hour day there's no such thing as an eight hour day you're working for like 10 12 anything up to 16 hours a day depending on what the project's like how hard it is what the time scales are like what the budget's like and so on you're not just working from nine to five it's it's very very tough it's it's not physically tough, but it's very, very tough mentally. So you are, a lot of times, you know, R&Ding, bug fixing, pulling your hair out while certain bloody effect doesn't
0: work half the time. <laughs> Screaming bloody murder at the computer.
2: Why won't it work, for God's sakes?
0: Yeah, I've had, no, you don't even have to work in the industry to have those feelings.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, get, a, you get it at, uh, at all levels, believe me. Whether you've been in this game for as long as I have, or like you know, the people who are just starting out, it's like, <laughs> what the crap what you were, for the love of God. And it's just, at the end of the day, it's, it's all down to experience. I mean, you, further down the line, you'll understand that um, problems that you encountered in the past, you will be able to solve in an instant, because you know how to mix and match features around and to get a certain effect just you know the way you want it but you're always still trying to push the envelope with the type of effects that you want to do like for example if you're trying to recreate fluids uh just with standard particles or even with you know fluid systems you're always trying to make it just that little bit you know add these extra little bits in just to make it look that little bit more real to make it stand out a bit more and you're always trying to you know make things a better because you've, you've either come across a new tool or you've developed something yourself. Um, you, always, you always end up with the same render times. You always end up with the same amount of you know, work for, for timescales. Um, it, it never sits still. I mean, it's one, of, it's one of the reasons why I'm in this lock. I mean, uh, if I found it boring, I wouldn't do it. It's, it's one of these jobs which, which challenges you daily. Um if if it's one of, if you just if you're just doing the same thing day in, day out for like god knows how long,
0: i would just get bored. And I dare say a lot of a lot of the people out here would you know, would would feel the same way. Um, you said that there's a lot of hours. Is it possible to be in CG and also have a social life? <laughs> <laughs> um I've heard a myth about that. Uh, I can't really put it yeah, yeah.
1: You, you can, you can. Uh, it all depends on, you know, what what company you work for, if you're a freelancer, what the, uh, what the pay's like, what the hours are like. It, it, you know, it swings and roundabouts. You, you, can, uh, you can work for a good company, you can work for a great company, you can work for a cheap company. I mean, it, it all depends on what the job's like. Um, for example, you know, when the deadline is, what the budget's like, if they can pull on more people uh, to ease the workload of the overall team. Um, what your staff are like, if you stay, you know, if you're supervising, if your staff are any good, if you're going to have to, to uh, jump on board and help out or TD stuff to actually get the job done, um, it, it's how long. You know, the question could also be how long's a piece of string. It's it all depends on you know what what uh, what the job's like at the end of the day. I mean, I've I think the last time I actually went out and got drunk, <laughs> purposely, was oh. ten minutes ago. Uh, pretty much no I, uh, <laughs> I wish <laughs> no it was about oh God <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, three about four no about a month ago, a month or so ago now, and that was that was basically because I was virtually kicked out my door by my fiance and <laughs> ordered to go and like, go and go and relax and get drunk with my friends because i I simply was like you know working myself to the ground. You have an yes, awesome fiancé.
0: I'll tell you said that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's good. Like I say, it's, it's a good laugh. From we've, got some, we've got some cool people I work with. Um, you know, ev- everyone in the industry understands you know, each other in the way that, you know, I've got this and such job on, blah, 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 blah. Um, everyone's you know, permanently stressed in this game. Everyone, wow. everyone everyone, is always stressed in this case It's alright, you know you, you, can't, you can't live with it, but you tend to lose your hair I mean, if anyone's seen a recent picture of me I've got virtually no hair left
0: oh, Wow sounds...
1: well, I, I exaggerate a
0: little bit
1: <laughs> As long as this side, this receding part This side, and this receding part This side, don't meet up in the middle Uncle. cool uh-huh. As soon as they do, asset, ah, i giving it up, I'm oh. going back to lifeguarding or some equally boring job. <laughs> no disrespect to any lifeguards out
0: that, <laughs> even though it is the most boring job known to man, they've all done it. It's horrible. <laughs> ah. um, have you done freelancing before? In your yeah. Yeah. I did it for about um, two to three years. Um, which um, do you prefer, working in freelance or in a studio? A um, bit of both, really. I mean, the company that I'm working for at the moment, um, I've, got the,
1: I've got the good... Um, what's the word? Um, I've got a good deal in the way that a lot of the time I work from home, but the company knows that if I do work from home, they know that they're going to get a lot more out of me working from home than I do, you know, if I was in the studio. If I was in the studio, I'd basically you know, get in at about 9 o'clock and leave at roughly around about 6, 7. If I'm uh, working from home I'll basically start working at nine o'clock and I might not finish till about eleven twelve maybe three in the morning depending on you know what the job is i mean the last the last two weeks I've been working from home for the extent of this um, <coughs> excuse me um, long project that we've just had on um, and that has been you know every night has been roughly around about two three o'clock in the morning so if if I basically did, if I did it from work, I wouldn't get half as much done as I did working from home. So, it's it's kind of again, it's 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 fifty fifty. I mean, the, I'm sorry, my computer's just going to nope. Everyone's still there. That's all right The <laughs> computer just went blank screen for a minute. Um, it's freelancing is good because you are your own boss, but it's bad in the way that you constantly have to look for work. Even if you've got a really, really big project on that's going to last you, say, for example, two to three months, um, you've still got to look at what's going to happen as soon as those two to three months are up. So you've constantly got to, you know, tout for work, sell yourself, put yourself out there, that kind of thing. Uh, Working for a studio is, you know, not not necessarily the case. You've you've got like a regular income, um, you're working in a team of people. You know, I mean, some, some freelancers, you know, work at large studios. I mean, a lot of studios actually just hiring freelancers. Um, some of the, you know, the big-name uh, Soho studios do. Uh, they have, you know, a few core staff, and then they, the rest of the time when they hit crunch, they bring in um, a load of freelancers who are dedicated for specific jobs. I know several guys who, who basically who are constantly re-employed and re-employed by a specific studio, so technically they'd be working full time, but they've got you know the, the studio's got the option to uh, not bring them on if, if needs be if, if if the job doesn't require it. But it's it's good. Freelancing is good. You are your own boss. You can take days off when you don't you, when you when you want to. Um, you don't need to work if you don't want to if you've got the money. But personally, it's it's um, it's it's good. But your you, your social life does take a bit of a nosedive. Because mm. you are constantly having to look for work, and you you're worried that if you pass by on a certain job, you might not get anything back from that particular client, or like you know if you go to that specific you know gathering with your friends, you might not get the job done, so on and so on and so on. So there is there is there is some worry there, but you know that might just be my personal experience. Oh, other people other other people may have had like better experience with it. I mean, I I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, it, it was it was good. It was fun. Would I do it again in the future? Yeah. Quite possibly, it, you know. I never, never say never. I don't, you know. Whatever the future holds. At the end of the day, I mean, the main reason I did go freelance at the end of the day was because um, after I left, I, I left um, the last company I was at full time uh, to do some freelance work for uh, a few people that I knew. And after that dried up, there was basically nothing else in the area where I currently live. So it was a case of like, and it was a necessary evil to start with. But after after about a few months, it kind of um, it kind of started paying off. Mm, cool. So S- it was pretty good.
0: Sp- speaking of the future, what do you what what do you see in your future?
1: Um, early retirement and death. I think <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken by you know anyone's standards. Now I mean, I'm 30. I forget now. I'm oh, know. Shit. Uh, 31. That's it. Yeah, 31 now. Um, so I've been called a veteran, which is kind of nice and also slightly depressing at the same time. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I don't actually know. I, I mean, I, I, I'm taking each day at a time. I mean, we, we, or each project at a time, at least. I mean, uh, we're waiting to see. I mean, if if this show gets picked up, and apparently if it, it has been by a certain channel. Um who it is I can't obviously say. But at the end of the day, if as and when that gets signed up then that's basically at least five years worth of work. Because the uh these certain channels actually pick up like the the show for the for for an actual duration for the full like for the full uh, story arc of which there is, you know, five seasons of the thing, four or five seasons of the thing. So it's just a case of yeah, you know, seeing what seeing what happens from one day to the next. I mean, I'm you know quite kind of quite happy where we are. And someone has just sent me a message. Oh uh, yeah. So, so it was you guys. I was like, hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Who? Who's who's been done? <laughs> what?
0: Ah, hey? oh, Simon got hacked.
2: <laughs> oh, he's out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was just. What's going to on there? <laughs> Can't okay. did you? I also well, you you breaking <laughs> up, dude. Come here. I guess they're hacking his computer, yeah, yeah.
1: too. Someone's trying to hack his computer.
0: I don't know. Why is there so much problems today? I blame Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> I did it.
1: Well, you got hacked. He's obviously working his way through us. <laughs> so, some people are trying to hack you on Skype or something.
0: Chris, what? What? Chris got a bunch of messages, and then Simon says his site is being hacked. All oh, right. All that mess is actually caused by me, though. I'm just deleting what they tried to enter. Yeah. That <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> oh, <dear God. laughs> it's great, though. Today is not a good day at all. Ah uh,
1: well. Yeah, but it's it's great interviews.
0: It's, it's, in oh, it's a day in a y. It's a day ending in a Y. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> hey, April. Oh, well. But um, let's continue the interview. Okay. Um, so, Chris, you have any questions for Peter?
2: No, I uh, I I I've, I've been on his site uh, a long time ago. I think it was uh, something about optimizing uh, um, optimizing max. what yeah, Oh, go. Really that was.
1: Really years ago stuff. that was that was like I think I was for Max 3 that was Christ that was, that was like that was the first ever article I wrote for 3D World that was yeah, old, the I'm first, first issue I'm older than
2: you are buddy you, Ooh. Are. Yeah. you didn't think it was possible <laughs> nice did you well, no. no I
1: didn't actually no the only, thing, the only, only person that's older than me really is, I thought it was Ted Baldwin, but <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Sorry, no 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 no
2: um, <laughs> and uh, uh, He'd sort of uh, he'd written the articles as if he knew what he was talking about. So um, lies, all made up,
1: everything. It's
0: all it's all false, mate. I mean, come on, I'm
1: letting like, it <laughs> out now, but I'm just making it up. Don't follow it. It's all shit. It's all shit. <laughs>
0: Very humble man. I'm just we making it, it
1: all up, mate. Are you up? Yeah. Sorry, what was the question?
2: There wasn't. There wasn't one. It was just a. It was no question. It was just a. a what do you call it? A, a comment. Oh, right, okay. Comment, uh, th- thanks for helping me optimise my Max 3. No problem, <laughs> no problem at all.
1: <laughs> and you did it for free, folks. Nice. You did it for free. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So okay, well, you... well, kind of. If I got paid by the magazine, and then, then the magazine got sold, and then I get the article back, and I put it on the site. <laughs> so I actually yeah. had
2: uh, in that magazine. They published a, a, a rendering of mine. And... Mm. Uh, it was uh, brilliant I, uh, I got heaps of fan mail I think one uh, one uh, email from Arabia or something like that and from, uh, what, Arabia uh, yeah and there yeah. was uh, w- there was a whole spread of, uh, of um, all sorts of renders from people who'd sent stuff in and the one which got the double page spread was a uh, was the furry teddy bear I think it was before shave and cut or something like that this it was really earth moving. Yep. So my uh, render got shoved to the back page in the tiny little corner, <laughs> but I got a free version of the magazine. Wow! Got... Mustn't grumble about <laughs> like that. No, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> and a pretty damn good magazine as well, I must say. Cool. Um, but they seem they seem to be really enamoured by fairy teddy bears. So. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. I think, hang on, let me
1: check. Let me check the latest issue. Hang on a minute. <laughs> I'm sure there's. I'm sure I saw some. Oh no, that's that's Ice uh, Age. Uh, hang on a minute. let me just have a quick squeeze. No, that's bloody Madonna. No, no,
0: Santana. no.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's in it for some bloody reason, I've got no idea why. Cheer fat blood with a cigar, uh David Dickinson. Why the hell is he in there? <laughs> no well, no televerse effects.
2: Silence. Mm. You can edit that out, you know. Please. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can edit it in such a way that there's a stream of intelligent conversation going on. Yeah, that's really Audacity or is a brilliant program.
0: Yes, I know, oh, but yes. it, It's hard work. <laughs> we'll fix it in he's, the cut. He's complaining already. <laughs> I need to outsource this to somebody who can edit audio better than me. It's. Uh, <laughs> oh, you
1: try oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. it.com. Yes, yeah, we have free advertising there, for you. you just need to flash it up on screen. Oh, it's an MP3; you can't flash it up on screen.
0: uh,
1: uh you have to have a webcast. Flash I, I up, had
0: flash it up subliminally every, every other frame or something. Just I did have in your eyes. I did have a video cast one time. Um, oh, it work Don't th- talk. <laughs> didn't work. Uh, I didn't do any. If I had put subliminal messages, it would be send me your money. But I didn't. <laughs> I'm still poor. Well, join the club. <laughs> Maybe I, I'll take a trip to England sometime and and do a bunch no, of we'll video casts.
1: No, we'll rip off Britain, mate. You don't want to. You don't want to come here. Mm. <laughs> Everything's too bloody expensive.
0: Ah, uh, I think Switzerland has go- <laughs> can beat England. I've Wouldn't
1: heard. That, that. I've heard that. Uh, uh, the um, I did a workshop at uh, Animex um in uh February and my entire class was taken up by uh, a class of Norwegian guys who came across. It was like completely amazing. But apparently the uh, the the beer over there is like something like five pounds a pint. Five, six pounds a pint. It's like oh, Christ, I thought it was expensive over here. Yeah but
2: Sorry? there they put alcohol in it. In England they don't have any alcohol in the beer so Well you've been drinking <laughs> Yeah, you're running up and down between the gents trying to get rid of all the water access. There's people people ah. come over here to Europe. Yeah, from, from England, people. Uh, well, they come over been here drinking? and they buy a beer and they drink it and drinking? they get drunk and they're surprised.
1: No. <laughs> no. Why you been drinking, mate? <laughs> <God's sake. laughs> you're going to a proper 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 pub, mate. God yeah, God, you no. get a vase.
2: You get a vase, which, which you normally put flowers steel.
1: in. Oh, no, 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 no. You've been drinking Stella or something equally as filtered. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that stuff, that stuff. White beer. Like, yeah, white beer. That's what they call that it. Right. Call Stella just, white beer.
0: Oh, dear. Ollie, no, I've insulted this beer. <laughs> I'm Sorry? not in. I'm not into beer, so I can't comment much. <laughs> I
1: haven't drunk since Christmas, so I'm not into either. I think last time I had some was about... Oh yeah, about four four or four weeks ago. My friend came one of my one of my close friends went across to uh, uh to Belgium for his um his girlfriend's sister's christening or something? <laughs> his, no, his niece his his girlfriend's niece's christening. Oh, that's some strange family thing. Um uh, it came up with uh, a lot of uh, left beer, so we just indulged. Oh, was nice.
0: That we should make we Sorry. should we should make a, a report how substance uh Substances like beer and stuff affect CG. <laughs> <laughs> beer and stuff. stuff. Beer and stuff,
2: yeah. It's already been done. They had this thing on the CGD talk about this guy who took, uh, uh, who uh, who dropped acid. Uh, what, what, what was it called in the old hippie days? Uh, what was that stuff called?
0: LSD. LSD yeah, LSD, LSD right.
2: Mushrooms, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, something like that. But, uh, no, LSD after was. About m- f- after about five or six pictures, they were actually improving. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and everybody was writing in all about the drug experiences. Well, that got canned incredibly quickly. <laughs> why, am not,
1: why am I not surprised?
2: But with this yes. uh, Peter Draper interview, we have, we've come to the conclusion that uh, the thing which is closest to, to the hearts of 3D people and affects uh, people are beer atoms.
0: Beer. Yeah, pretty much. That's the truth.
1: Truth. Beer and beer and coffee, an excessive amount of both. To be honest, uh, Again, <laughs> just keep, just keep. You can't have too much of, well, you can't have too much of the former more than the latter. Otherwise, you just tend to like just get really apathetic and just don't care. <laughs> it's like it's just sort of fuck it, mate. I don't care anyway.
0: Actually, my drug of choice is soft drinks like Coca Cola. If, if I didn't have that, I would have no reason to live. That stuff eats your teeth, mate,
1: big time. I, well, and stomach yeah. lining. Yeah, yeah. My um, one of my one of my close friends. Um, he used to drink nothing but Coke. He really he used to like you know go through god knows how many cans a day. Uh, went to the dentist and and got told to you know stop drinking it because it literally ate the entire enamel off the front of his teeth. Ah, oh, that's horrible. Just simply just don't don't drink that stuff. I, I, if if I do drink it, I don't drink the diet stuff. Not because I'm a fat git, but because <laughs> it's got um, that less sugar. sugar. No, no, no! No, it's, no, it's not. Not. I, I drink the full fat stuff. I don't drink the low fat stuff because it's got um, aspartame in it, it's and, that, and that's not nice. Yeah. That stuff's evil. Yeah, I, I read too much shit online. I really <laughs> do. It's like it more you dr- in your sleep. Hey, eh, you what? It makes you kick in your sleep. Makes you kick t- in your sleep. Does it? I did a test on people. Oh, like. <laughs> the
0: diet drinks. Yeah, diet drinks because <laughs> they've got that's whatever it's called. Aspecting. But it's really weird because I don't know if it's the before winter, but like two times during my sleep, it felt like something ripped off my calf muscle and just woke me up in the middle of the night and had this horrible pain in my leg for the rest of, for like three days.
2: You should stop okay, dating uh, sharks. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's, it's not good for
0: you. Don't go to bed with them. Yeah, yeah.
1: stop swimming, night swimming with piranhas or something. <laughs>
0: no but it's like there was nothing physically wrong it's just like this dream and like somebody stab you in the middle of the night and you just wake up no I don't get that (laughs) (laughs) nobody got that but my
1: you sleep skating mate that's what it is
0: no but my I had a friend (laughs) told me that it was my body getting accustomed to winter or something since winter is kind of a new thing for me okay (laughs) you guys never had that? Uh no, we live in
1: Britain. Well, I do anyway. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So it's it's a mixed bag all the time.
0: That's probably it. It's uh, never the
1: same. It's it's a bit like my mum's custard and it's never the same
0: twice. God, I hate winter. <laughs> but we don't, anyway. really, we,
1: don't, we don't really get winter. You know, proper winter down here. It's like um, we haven't seen snow in God knows how long. And when we do see it, it's gone within about two minutes.
0: Here we have horrible winters. It's the most painful winters ever. i welcome it, honestly. It's, ah. it
1: just make a break from the norm. It's, no. just, it's just dreary and grey and bleh. It, it's... you live in
0: Bristol, though? <laughs> you
1: are. It you, well,
0: can't you
1: complain about grey and uh, You live in Bristol. I don't live in Bristol. <laughs> That's the oh, intention. I don't, I, don't, I don't live in Bristol. I live in um, uh, Somerset. So I'm inten- right. I'm intentionally out of Bristol because I'd most likely go mad if I lived here inside Bristol. <laughs> uh, it's it's okay. It's 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 a it's a nice enough place in certain areas. Obviously, you know, with any city, you you get some you know gnarly places. But I've done I've done the big the big city now, um, and I'm getting a bit too long in the tooth now to actually um, start living within cities again you know, it, it kind of drove me a little bit insane last time I did it, so... You're you know, afraid,
0: afraid of the... You're
1: afraid yeah. of the Chavs? <laughs> no, 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 chavs, chavs are okay. They're just just misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Uh, We're we kind, of, we kind of like out in the country at the moment, so uh, it's, you know... Views are views are good on all sides, and like I say, I've got you know hills at the back, hills at the front, canal at the front of the house, so on and so on. You know, it's, it's a nice, the woods and what have you. So, we're um, we're kind of we're kind of happy where we are at the moment. So, uh, I don't really fancy going going back to the sea, to be perfectly honest. So, my my daily commute, if I do need to go into the studio, is hundred twenty miles. Wow. So it's sixty it's uh, sixty miles door to door. That's pretty so, it's a bit it's it's only an hour though it's only an hour it's just literally up the m five I just jump you know five minutes from the m five up m five and then you know uh ring road have whatever straight to the studio and it literally is now door to door so it's 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 okay but the uh, the car's starting to cry out a little bit now about <laughs> miles it's done <laughs> take the train yeah there is there is a train, but the thing is i was i was actually contemplating biking it but um not biking at 60 miles, obviously. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mad, I'm not mental, um, but unfortunately, it's up bloody hill all the way in the morning, uh. and that uh, is something that I can't really be doing with my size of uh, my backside. No chance. Or I'd get about halfway and, uh, and have like a hernia or something. <laughs> I was going to suggest a helicopter, but. What uh... do oh, you think <laughs> I am? made of money? Christ. You'd probably be.
2: You'd probably end up refreshing in Simon's pool. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah yeah pool I
1: don't hey
2: Simon do. here I come <laughs> hey look at me I've got a pool
0: dang it you do
1: so, bloody paid too much I reckon I've got a pool what do
0: you do all right, nice
1: back, to,
2: back to C, guys <coughs> hey come on
0: yes
1: Pools, Sim- Simon acid. you have to make a 3D
0: model of the pool so we can see
1: now we find out where
0: you live, so we can, you know, put turps in it. Or <laughs> can okay, we can. Help. I'm
1: down in Devon. <laughs> you don't want to come down here. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm only interesting... on the border, mate. I'm only on the border. I know you're scarily close. <laughs> <laughs> if
2: hey, I sorry, spat man, you you got, out the window, I'll probably you Got, got probably an interesting uh, CG question for Peter.
0: Um, uh, he's. He's a lightweight guy. He and Peter is Max guy. So so they can't
2: talk to each
1: other, right?
0: No, yeah, it's apparently apparently not allowed. It's yeah. against yeah. the law. Yeah, new <laughs> new tech <of>
1: band you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> at least at least we all hate Maya people, or not
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you we? Know, I don't, don't hate. I <clears throat> <laughs> Don't hate Maya guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's one big happy family now. We've absorbed them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, did you get? The- I'm gonna, guess, a, I'm gonna get so much. I'm
1: gonna get. Jeez, I'm gonna get so much shit. Now, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> did not backtrack. 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 Did not mean that. Did not mean that. <laughs> yes, I did. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. It's, it's all one big happy family. Everyone's fine. Everyone's pipelines are nicely, nicely cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. that's covered that one.
0: But did you hear that? They you can, can edit that, done. can't you? No, he can't. Shit. But did you hear that they they'll make Max more towards games and Maya more towards movies? That's all a bunch of heavy. That would suck if they actually did that.
1: Yeah, it's a bunch of shit. I
0: hope that's, so.
1: That's that's a load of rubbish. That's a load of rubbish. Like, so many people's pipelines are based on each individual pra- package. At the end of the day, there's no point in you know trying to gear one specific product to a specific industry. I mean, they've got you know they've got it all pretty much tied up. You know, with the ones as they got at the moment. I mean, each each company uses the different product for a different purpose. They'll develop their own in-house tools for a specific purpose. You know, there's no point in gearing one sport one towards games and one towards visual effects if you're basically a artist who's smack bang in the middle who will basically do it for different industries. You just, you know, it's just biting your own face off to. Spoil your head, or some equal yeah. abstract analogy that I can't think of right now. <laughs> well, maybe, but you never know there. Just bite your arm or whatever. But no, it's... it's. I, I very, 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 very much doubt they'll do that. If if I'm proven wrong, fair enough, I'll put my hand up to that, but I very, very much doubt they'll do that. I mean, all of us themselves have said that both products are gonna, you know, um... They're going so. to they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna stay the course. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the entire you know Meyer acquisition thing is is, it you know, it was it was kind of like an afterthought anyway, as far as I understand it, from Autodesk. I mean, Autodesk's main you know main concentration of the acquisition was basically Studio Tools because they wanted to get a better foothold in the automotive sector. Alias made that, so therefore they bought Alias out as the full package, so therefore Maya just came along with it. I mean, Autodesk's, you know, they're, they're, um, the amount they spend on R&D, as far as I know, is, and, you know, the, the amount of income that they get from uh, Max and what have you, is minuscule, is in comparison with uh, AutoCAD, <laughs> and, you know, automotive stuff, you know, it's... If anything, they could they could basically ditch Max and Maya and just you know completely bend them, and they, it wouldn't really you know as far as I know, I mean I might be you know blowing smoke out my ass, but it it really wouldn't make a great deal of hit to them at the end of, at the end of the day. You know, the majority of their income comes from AutoCAD; it's the biggest selling you know product out there as far as they're concerned. So you know, Maya was basically an afterthought, as you know, and what they do with those at the end of the day is entirely up to them. I mean, I'd I'd like to see like an amalgamation of the two. I'd like to see Maya fluids and Max equally. I'd like to see particle flow within Maya. So I do use Maya as well. You know, it's 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 just you know getting for, for the interim. What I would basically like to see is is the pipeline between Max and Maya established, you know, and strengthened, because it would make a lot of our lives easier. It would make uh, cross-platform studios a lot easier to work in. No, I, guess. I mean, I've I've worked in so many you know so many places where so many places where they've got one specific product and they stick with one specific product. And I'm more familiar with product X than product Y, in you know within a certain feature. And getting that information from that platform to that platform is a pain. It's one of the most painful experiences you'll ever come across in this industry. It's trans translating stuff from one specific product to another because a student studios got that pipeline set up that way it's established you can't change it so if they can strengthen that if they can build on that and make that better then that's just going to benefit all of us more than actually you know amalgamating two products which are equally as good into one super one because that will take forever it will take you know it won't be in the next like year it won't be in the next two years it will take god knows how long to do and they will have to throw a shed load of money at it and both products are doing fine. You no,
0: know,
1: there's no point in like closing one down um, just for the sake of having another one around. It's it's, it's daft. It's not business sense. It's, it's it's you know it's ridiculous.
0: But do you think they'll ever do the um, the the rewrite of the Max?
1: A lot of the stu- a lot of stuff in Max and my is basically you know it's script based, so you can amend it yourself. I mean, this you know is basically the core is running scripts or plugins, and it's not necessarily the kernel that needs to be rewritten. It's maybe just a case of the ker- the, uh, the scripts themselves, which bolt onto the kernel, to be to uh, to speed certain things up. Like for example, the viewport,
0: yeah, which is Ad horribly slow. Al- Sorry, I I have a lot of problems with the viewport because when you were doing uh, like a a mesh that and you have Mesh Smooth on it or Turbo Smooth or whatever, hmm. like, you don't even have to have a lot of polys and it gets amazingly slow for no reason.
1: Um, Could be due to your viewport settings, your configuration.
0: No, I've changed it from OpenGL to Direct3D and it's a bug, I know, because I know what causes the bug. It's it's Turbo Smooth, even when you have it on zero it- iterations, yeah. it still goes in, like, really slowly.
1: Yeah, it does, yeah, it does, it does. I mean, the best thing, really, if you do find bugs, if you do find issues, report them. If you report them, then they fix them. But if this you is don't, a... Co- if, this you don't, if you don't, don't report them, then they won't fix it under the I'm deck.
0: pretty sure they know about it, because it's pretty common, and I've seen people complaining about it on forums also. Well, do,
1: do an official bug
0: report. If you do an official bug report, it
1: will basically get sorted out. If you just, you know, if you just wax a lyrical on a forum, then chances are it'll either get overlooked... If you, do it, if you do it through official channels, then it will get sorted out. It will basically go on their bug report list to get, um, you know, to get solved. They do have a long list. I know this for a fact. They do have a long list of stuff that needs to be attended to, and they have different levels of priority. You know, uh, one being just standard com- cosmetic stuff, up to like five
0: or you know, highest priority, where it's totally unstable. But I'm pretty sure that that viewport thing would be very <laughs> high on the list because it makes working so much harder.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's again knowing what certain things will have problems, which is all part of just you know general experience with the software, be it you know Max, Maya, LightWave, whatever. I mean, there are there are issues with 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 uh, each individual one of them in certain different areas. You know, it's it's not just a case of. Um, one's better than the other because of you know this particular feature works better in this one than that one it's it's just a case of you know what you're strongest with
0: right. i mean it's
1: it's as, as far as actual like things like you know bug fixes and what have you go,es they do get you know updates i mean i think we're on uh for max 8 i think it's service
0: pack 2 now for a version 8 a version 8 yeah wow i haven't kept up with that i'm still on 7 so yeah
1: yeah, I mean um the, they normally do one service pack update or one, you know, point release between versions. They're on the second one, so they are, you know, constantly it is constantly being developed. It's not release a version and then sit around for a bit and then start working on the next one. It is constantly being developed. It's which true. Which is good. Which
0: is good, you know. I wonder how these things will work on Vista. Um couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you,
1: but then again, I've heard good and bad things about Vista anyway. Yeah.
0: But apparently, yeah. apparently, games are supposed to run a lot faster. Supposed to run like thirty percent faster. Mm-hmm. So I've heard the opposite because um, They've some. It, haven't they?
1: Sorry, they're locked it to DirectX ten only, so you can't play. No, all
0: you the n- games no. Play. Actually, they have they have compatibility with DirectX nine, so everything should work fine.
1: I think there's and been it, some. I think there's been some issues with ActiveX as well. I think they're ditching ActiveX and going over to .NET.
0: Well, that's good. ActiveX is horrible. That's what causes all the problems in IE. hmm
1: So I, th- but as far as actual plugin and script development goes, a lot of them will have to be rewritten. because I think a lot of them actually rely on some ActiveX controls. But then again, I'm not, you know, again, might be talking about my backside here, because I'm not overly into scripting, to be honest. Mm. So uh, that might be complete crap. <laughs> but at the end of the day it's 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 something that obviously they're look, looking into. That'd be pretty cool when that comes out, that'd be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of good stuff coming up with the dual cores plus sixty four bit.
1: Yeah, I mean we've we've uh recently purchased a, I think it was a dual core uh notebook and that was that was just really, really good to see that, to see Max working on that because it just it outperformed my Hyper threaded three point four notebook. It was just <laughs> it was just stupidly <laughs> bloody quick, unbelievable fast.
0: The, does the scanline renderer take advantage of like dual cores? Um,
1: it's it works with hyper threading. Okay. Everything works, you know. My uh, metal rays works with hyper threading and uh, dual. Core. I mean, what I ba- what I basically mean is like yeah, it it will it will uh, it will work. It won't work twice as fast. It, it never works twice as fast. It may be like work one and a half times as fast or 1.75 times as fast. But the good thing about having dual processors or dual cores is that you can run other stuff in the background. You could, for example, render it. You could be rendering on one copy of Max, and on the, another copy, you know, carry on modeling without having virtually any, you know, uh, any lags or anything. And that's awesome. That's, that's good. I mean, I used to do that on my old, oh, I used to have a, a dual... 800, I think it was. But uh,
0: to, to do that, you have to set one core specifically to the program, or no. does it do it automatically? No.
1: Does it automatically? Does it automatically.
0: Because like, if you render with V-Ray and you have dual processors, you see the two buckets, so if yeah. you start another program, will you lose one of those buckets?
1: Uh, No, you won't lose one of the buckets, no. Um, it's, it's just um, each one's for each processor or each thread, depending on how, you, how you, your system is set up. I mean, uh, Mental Ray, for example, that does like to use both CPUs to both extents. Um, if you're working with Scanline, you will most likely be able to use another program in the background, like for example, uh, like say Photoshop or something. Uh, if you're working with Mental Ray and you're using it, it will try and, it will try and take up everything. Okay. So it's more it's it's more efficient, to my understanding and personal experience.
0: Which renderer do you prefer the most? Um, we tend to use Scanline the most. Really?
1: Basi- How- yeah. Basi- How- basically, out
0: of sheer speed. Uh, so, so you don't use any GI? Yeah. It's, it? just
1: that it's just it's um, just you know if you if you in GI space basi- GI is all well and good if you need it, there's no point in, in spending God knows how long setting up some fancy GI solution if you don't physically need it. If you can fake it with um, standard point lights or you know, direct lights, and what have you, it is a lot easier and a lot faster to render at the end of the day to, um, to set it up that way than it will be to do a GI solution because you can be spending God knows how long Setting up your, your GI solution, you can be spending ages like getting the quality right, making sure there's no flickering in the buckets, make sure when you adapt to subdivision is nice, uh, make sure your final gathering is correct, make sure when you edit your photon on castings right, da, 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 and you know it's it's can take absolutely ages. Whereas if you just set, set it up with a standard system, faking any light bounces, faking any color bleeds, um, diffuse shadows, so on and so on and so on. By using the standard kit, um, you can get faster updates, faster renders, you know, and you get a really really quick turnaround. I mean, there's there's one as uh, an example which I do in any lighting workshop that I teach. Uh, there's one specific thing which I basically set rendering using light tracer, for example. Mm-hmm. Set that going, and I literally build up the exact same scene. I've got one machine rendering out the uh, the scanline thing I think it's something like about 644, eighty two eight or just 601 of those renders, and I basically build up the scene from scratch, uh, sorry, light it from scratch. I mean, um, in another copy of Max, and I, can, I bet you any I can basically beat that uh, that uh, the GI scene every single time. Wow, I that's can literally I can I can construct the entire lighting system so it looks identical. Within the same, you know, within less time, I think it gets about halfway down before
0: I finish and render that, like the sequence, as opposed to one single frame. That's cool using the GI version for reference. Sorry? That's cool. I dare to use the GI version for reference. No, that's
1: what, that's that's not without using using. It. Well, you can use it as reference, obviously. I mean, you can use it as reference. You can even bake it. I mean, baking it down is is another good idea because if you've if you've got a decent lighting situation that you've already set up. Within a GI system, you can literally bake that out using render its texture, and then you know use that in any any uh, animation. I mean, it obviously renders that a hell of a lot faster. Another another idea is to you know if you if you've got like some if you're using for example um, mental rays like your final your final solution render out bake all that lot off, or render out your sing you render out your sequence flat without any motion blur or anything, and then camera map the entire thing onto your geometry and then render it out afterwards with the, you know, Scanline Motion Blur. It's a lot easier, it renders out a lot faster, it takes, you know, a fraction of a second. Uh, um, it's, just these, it's just
0: these little
1: it's, it's just these little things and whatever that you tend to pick up over time, and it's just from again, just experience with the product. I mean, you, you, you can't expect to, like, you know, know all these little nuances and um, tips and tricks and everything as soon as you actually start out. I mean, you have to obviously, you know, Accumulate these over the years of practice. It's like any other art form. You know, you can't expect to like be an expert in gouache. You know, <laughs> straight away. You you have to you have to develop your own style. You have to develop skills, methods, and you know, an ability to be able to to um, you know to paint. <laughs> to be <Yeah>. perfectly honest.
0: <laughs> I have another question about rendering. Do you guys mm-hmm. render it out in passes, or do you just always always, always always. What passes do passes. you use? Um,
1: depending on the it depends on the job. I mean, you obviously render out in layers, which is a given. You always always render out in layers, but it depends on what type of scene it is. I mean, if, if there's a specular, if there's a, you know, specularity, you do a specular pass. You do an environment pass, diffuse pass, uh, highlight pass, uh, any ambient occlusion that we decide to use. You know, it all depends on what. What scene? What scene's like? Um, how many layers? We're actually breaking it down into um, what the compositors like. What, you know, what the compositor wants at the end of the day. If you know, if they can tweak things and what the deadlines like. I mean, if 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 it's easier for us to actually tweak something in the comp, it's always easier to tweak something in the comp at the end of the day. You know, you, you can you can spend ages tweaking a color in Max to make it look right or tweak lighting. In Max to make it look right, whereas you can just render out the passes and then bring them the combustion or flame or whatever, and then just tweak them in real time until you get it right. It's a lot, you know. You can you can see the update straight away. It's a lot, a lot easier.
0: But what about when you have to deal with uh, transparencies and refraction? Doesn't that make things a little harder? Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and how do you get around that?
1: Um. It, again, it all depends on the scene. If you can break it down, then it makes it a lot easier. I mean, you can obviously render out certain layers. You can uh, render out environment uh, reflections. So you can render out, for example, the background as one specific scene. Uh, sorry, one specific scene. Render out any mid, mid stuff in another layer. The foreground stuff, which is obviously reflective or refractive, and whatever, you can obviously stick the, stick the, the background, render out like a, a 360 dome of the entire environment. Stick that on a plate in the background, and then just make it invisible to camera. So it's visible to reflection and invisible to camera. but It doesn't render out in the past, but it's actually reflected in the uh, in the objects. Oh, okay. So it just again, it, it renders it out really really fast. You only like refracting or reflecting uh, either a dome or a hemisphere or a flat plane, as opposed to every single environment every single object in the scene, which obviously takes a lot longer. Again, it's just, it's just you know, little things that you know that you accumulate over time.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I want to try and render out my next short in passes because I never did that in the future. In the the past. I just did it direct from the render and that takes ages.
1: <laughs> I mean, I always go back to one of my friends, um, Alan Marksman said so he worked on uh, Lost in Space and um, there was so many layers on, for example, the opening space battle in that. Um, if the director, if they rendered that in one single pass, for each frame it would have taken hours. And if they just wanted to change the star field slightly, they'd have to render out every single thing. So I kind of took that on board. And, you know, every single, if you if you can break it into layers, do it because you can always color correct and tweak layers and, you know, slightly you know fake depth of field and what have you. Every, you can do all of that in the comp as opposed to doing it within the 3D software because it takes so long to actually render out stuff like depth of field to make it look
0: nice. Okay. But there must be some difficulties in the composition after. It can't be that perfect.
1: Um, In what way? What do you mean?
0: I mean, there has to be something that gives uh, trouble. Or is it just... Um,
1: there is, there are, there are certain issues which you do have to, you know, try and get around or paint out or whatever you're trying to do a transition from one to the next. Um, specifically, shots like, for example, if you're uh, if you're tracking back or tracking forward, and you've got multiple layers that way, then you, you do have to work out a lot of uh, you have to work out a lot of match shots. So, for say, for example, your entire scene is volumetric. You've got, for example, smoke and fire and everything going on, all over, place of dust and debris lying around, and you're basically tracking back. And then you've got that you have multiple layers of that that you have to comp in, and you've also or like one great big layer that you have to comp in within multiple layers that you need to drop in, you know, distances from camera. So that can be a pain in the backside to do, but that's when you get really, really good compositors yeah. on board to actually work on shots that <laughs> are really, really tricky. <laughs> Oh, cool. So why you why, why
0: you pay them good money? For it? <laughs> um, that sounds pretty cool. Um, I will definitely check out passes because mm. I I wasn't really. It is adv- it is advisable. It does save you
1: time in the long run because you can, as opposed to having to go back into Max or Maya or Lightwave or whatever, and re-render it, an entire scene just because one thing is slightly out. I mean there was there was one instance on the um the show that we that we worked on. I basically had I rendered out um this background layer of this massive planet in multiple layers and what have multiple patterns uh for um different diffuse passes and reflection passes and so on. And unfortunately, on one particular layer, I forgot to turn off a proxy version of a space station. So when I panned across, I had this entire space station whipping past. I was like, oh no,
0: crap, I'm going to have to
1: re render it, no. But then I could just literally just drop into combustion and just paint a mask in and just animate a mask going back and forth in front of the frame just to occlude this, um, this proxy space station render. So I didn't have to go, I, I could fix it in about two minutes. As opposed to re-rendering the entire thing out, which would have taken about another day. Ah, wow, that's cool. So it just it is very very forgiving. You can fix things. You can you can solve problems that you would you know it would take you a lot like it may take you like five seconds to to fix it in Max, either by flipping on the setting or flipping off the setting or whatever. But then you've got to render the entire thing out, and if you're rendering it as say high def, you know you can wave goodbye to the weekend.
0: <laughs> Know. But combustion is the program that's usually used for uh, compositing. But how does After Effects stand up?
1: Oh, the, the again, it's 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 the same argument with Max and Maya. Oh, really? You know, it's it's horses for courses. If you want to use After Effects, use After Effects. If you want to use combustion, use combustion. Personally, I prefer working with combustion, basically because of the, the the part line between combustion and Max. I can literally have combustion in one window. Up, uh, Max, another one. I can paint textures in real time on my models if I want to. Re- uh,
0: can you explain a bit more how combustion works with Max? Like, I'm really interested in that.
1: Um, basically, what you can do when you actually render something out from Max, you can actually export a combustion workspace, which will literally break your entire render down into its composite um, uh, comp- composite elements, like you know. Uh, composite passes, like for example, you know, specular pass, diffusion pass, uh, vector, you know, speed, velocities, blah, 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 you know, ev- every single aspect. If you want it, you can turn on, you know, various aspects and turn off various other ones. Uh, on the flip side, mm-hmm. you can bring in a combustion map into a material or a texture, and um, you can update or paint the map in real time in combustion and see it automatically update straight away. You know, without having to save or anything, you just literally just doodle. For example, uh, in combustion, and you can see it occurring straight away in your Max viewport.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: So it's it's pretty cool having combustion up in one window and Max up in another one. You can actually like rotate your viewport around in Max, and then just paint away in uh, in combustion, reposition in Max, you know, and so on and so on. It may, it does make life uh, easier when you. When you paint stuff that way, obviously you, you you don't have like the full range of painting tools like you would do, for example, in Photoshop. But I think CBAS, uh I think it was called Ghost Painter, released a plugin which allows you to do that. Awesome! Just something I've yet to have a look at, unfortunately.
0: I have another question about passes. When you is there a way to make it easier to run out passes, or do you have to set up each pass itself, or um, is it automated?
1: You can basically. My computer's decided to wear a like 1950 for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's done with a Skypecast for some reason. Anyway, if, my, if I suddenly go offline, it's because my computer's blown up. OK. Um, <laughs> um, so the question was, going to say, it was, a, it was a, can you actually automa- automate the actual pass setup? Um, yes, you can. Uh, when you basically decide to export render elements, um you can just specify which ones you want to output. You can output all of them or just a few.
0: It's entirely up to you which ones you want to spit out. Okay, so it's not that hard to do passes. No. No, okay. no, 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 no. It's it it just does the single it's
1: just does a single full scan in the renderer and then just splits it all up. Splits it all up into its composite bits and then just spits them all out straight away.
0: Okay. It doesn't
1: have to keep going through like if you want five if you want five uh, five elements output, like a diffuse, shadow, specular, reflection, uh, ambient occlusion. Um, you don't have to go through it five times, it basically just renders it once and then just outputs each one to separate files.
0: Okay, that's cool. I thought for workspace. some reason I thought that you had to set up each scene file to no no no, no no no
1: no 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 no. No no, not for those. But if you're doing it for layers then you will have to set up your no, you'll have to set up each scene. Okay. If you, for example, if you're rendering that your background, then your mid ground, then your foreground, then your close proximity stuff, then yes, you will basically have to hide or unhide stuff. The best way to do that is to do it in layers.
0: Okay. Let
1: La- the layers feature. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Personally, I like it. Um, so do I. Because it does it does allow you that you know that luxury of being able to just you know set up your scene ahead of time, work out exactly. What stuff's going to be in the background? What stuff's going to be in the foreground? What stuff you need to hide at a certain instance? What stuff you don't need to hide? Same with like name selections. You know, you, you can you can actually tell exactly what stuff by using correct number in naming conventions. Um, you can obviously split everything up into separate layers or separate names, so you know, okay, that's the mid ground stuff. That's the foreground stuff. I don't need to, I don't need to see those for the background. So you can just, you know, hide those straight away and just render out the background pass and vice versa and so on and so on. So just it, it does make life easier. So you're not having to hunt through an entire sled by name to actually hide off certain things that you might not have numbered or named correctly.
0: Okay. And if um, you haven't numbered or named correctly, you're a burk. <laughs> <laughs> There's no box one, box two, box three. <laughs> no. If I ever see any work like that,
1: people would... Get shouted at. <laughs> I, I hate. I, I hate that. I really, really do. It's just. It's, if you're working in a team environment. If you're working in, a, you know, uh, if you're passing your work, say for example, you're 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 basically, um, a level, you're working on levels or props. Um, you don't want to pass all your stuff across to somebody who's actually building the same up, the scene up and then call everything like box one, box two, box three, because they will literally stop throwing pens at you. <laughs> because it's just horrible to work with. It really. same with materials. Map one, map two, map three, noise map one, noise map two. Oh, God, no. It's horrible. It really is terrible to work with. Because if you've got, you know, that person has not sat with you when you've been developing it.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, it's like coding, and where, you, where they, you leave your thought process. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. If you, if you don't comment your code, you don't know what the hell's going on. It's the same thing with the materials. If you don't comment your materials by calling them exactly what they're supposed to be called, then how's the next person going to know exactly what to deal with? Unless they actually try and break your scene apart and um, try and find out what how it takes.
0: Do you reuse a lot of your materials like in one scene? You save them and then you reuse them. You know, um,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know there there are certain I don't have to save them out to like libraries as such, but I know. Um, I won't say instinctively, but I'll, I'll have a, a good idea of exactly where a specific material type or similar to the one I want to produce is a, a base material that I can actually play around with to get such and such, you know, seeing like I'm say for example I did one that's got like a uh, palescent material uh, like about a year or two ago, I know it's in the such and such scene, um, if I wanted to convert that to an iridescent one, all I need to do is just tweak such and such setting and, you know, it just saves me a bit of time later on down the line. So I've, I've got like a decent metal shader that I've that I've set up um, in, you know, scene X. I'll just need to just bring that particular material in, tweak the maps, tweak the specularity, tweak this, tweak that, uh, as opposed to going all the way back to like R and D
0: in it. Do you also Again, do just makes life easier? You do. The, do you do the same thing with models? Um, not really. It
1: all depends on, I mean, I've obviously got like a model library the length of of my arm, which I've, you know, been doing this as long as I have. I've obviously, you know, anything that I've done in the past, I've still got. From, you know, my first ever work that I've ever done, to like the stuff that I've done, you know, yesterday, um, I've still got. So it's a case of, if if I can reuse it, obviously I'll reuse it. But it depends on whether or not if I can, if the client wants it to be totally 110% bespoke, if they want it totally bespoke fine, get it bespoke you know, it's if uh, if they know that we can actually um, build on an existing model, then fine, and if we can do that, then great Um, it also depends on whether or not the previous client, the client that you know, who actually paid for the work in the first place say for example you did a job like two years ago that you got paid for uh, you built a, I don't know, a car for example like a, I don't know um, an Aston Martin okay. off the top of my head you built an Aston Martin two years ago um, now you've basically been commissioned by another client to have the latest version of an Aston Martin say for example going from you'd model that a Vanquish two years ago and they want a DB9 now you could basically tweak the Vanquish model to look like a DB9 but would you get in trouble with that other client because you're basically Basing your work on prior assets that you that, that the other client has actually paid for mm, I see. so chances are that you'll have to recreate it from scratch so you have to get permission to use these because if they basically start if they come around and say okay we want to look at the assets from that model to that model you're basically screwed you then, need to you need to make sure that you're not getting yourself into legal issues by you know having to recreate sorry by uh, using old assets that have been Paid for or bought for? I mean, you know, by um, an additional client. You can't do that. You simply can't do that. Yeah, it's a good point. I never thought of that. Though. It's always a legal issue. It's yeah. Always a legal. You know, you, you base your model on some uh, on something you've seen in the film. You say, for example, you model out a Sentinel, Sentinel from the Matrix, or you model out uh, uh, Terminator.
0: You're you're uh, going on legal issues. But if you model out the Terminator, won't that automatically belong to Fox? Uh, Again, whole legal ballpark that I don't really want to go into, to be honest. (laughs) Well, uh, we recorded like one hour and ten minutes, and I think that this should be the end of the show. (laughs) But still, if you want to come again another time, another episode, you're always welcome. Groovy. Yeah, Uh, sure. Simon and Chris, you guys still alive? Yeah, yeah, man. I think they're dead now. And <laughs> they fell asleep about an hour and a half.
2: I just, I just uh, wasted my copy of uh, the Aston Martin. Uh... Yeah.
1: <laughs> we're actually... Uh, the reason Aston Martin's kind of at the forefront of my mind is because we're actually filming with one next Friday, I think. So that'll be nice. You, so you, haven't, got th- you haven't got three in the
2: garage? No. <laughs>
1: Me I, either.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, you got a pull? <laughs> no, no, I'm not, uh, Simon's the guy with the heated pool. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right,
0: It's a heated pool also, man. And a helicopter. Yeah.
1: And, and a, a helicopter.
0: helicopter.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's
0: just, that's just showing off,
1: that's just showing off. I'm sorry, but like, that's just like, just waving the proverbial carrot. <laughs> terrible, isn't it? Terrible. You terrible. can't say that <laughs> Hello, I'm a 3D artist, and I've got a pool. What? No, you're not allowed to have a pool. You're supposed to live in Squalor, for crap's sakes. Yeah, Simon, Simon's also,
2: he's also studying. What? It's even he's worse. Right. He's a studying 3D artist. He, he, lives, with <laughs> he yeah. lives with
1: his mum. Bet you he lives <laughs> with his mum. Got a pool.
2: <laughs> hey, Simon, your mum got a sister?
1: <laughs> uh, right. She's no, 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 no. <laughs> Just... Disclaimer: <laughs> He said that, not me. Okay, <laughs> just just in case anybody oh, gets, gets confused there. That was Peter. <laughs> yeah, that was not. <laughs> bloody liabilities. Right, I will get my bloody boys on you. <laughs> <coughs>
2: Ouch. Ouch. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, well, was, uh, I'd like to thank you guys. It was very interesting um, uh, to listen. Ah, oh, Chris, to you always to all this, uh, brilliant advice. And lots of clap, uh, lots of clap claptrap in the middle.
0: Eh? Yeah, always
2: claptrap. So uh, Oli, you'll be editing your ass off tonight. Eh? You actually?
0: I think you will laughing. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure because I still have to do my homework. But this ah, show you was, actually this show is for next week. So oh, you've got a week, man. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> if I come home early on Wednesday, I'll 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 try and edit it. Cool. But the well, bring,
1: bring, bring, us, bring us through a copy so we can all like say no, take this bit out for the love of God before you submit. That's <laughs> right. I think all, I think all the acid and uh, beer references might have to like come out
0: or something. Nah, I think it it makes the show <laughs> more.
1: Those references,
0: yeah, it makes it more. It gives it more <laughs> it personality. It makes it only rich richer. Day. it makes yeah, only it. richer
2: because uh, he, he sent you a blackmail note with, a, with an MP3 <laughs> says, right. uh, well, thing. if you guys don't give me a million bucks, then I'm going to put this on the web. Um, you might have a long wait. <laughs> <laughs> might
1: have a long wait, I'll that right oh, you <laughs>
2: saving up for your
0: pool, aren't you, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> hey, with peanuts right now, mate, of course. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Okay, I'm going to stop recording now, so everybody say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Goodbye.